ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and I, as usual, I'm very excited about my guest today. Her name is Callie Teagarden, and Callie and I know each other through uh, a mutual business um, relationship. We are both part of a, a company called Send Out Cards, and you know I'm part of that, so Callie is part of my life there, and that's how we met. And I'd love to uh, welcome you, Callie, and um, get you to tell my audience a little bit about your story. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Janice. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my story, I thought I had done it all right. I went to college. I got a great education. I went into the corporate world. And about 13 years into my corporate world experience, I woke up one day and I was miserable, <laughs> absolutely miserable. And it wasn't so much the job. It was that my boss and my company owned my life. I was spending 70% of my time on the road and I had 12 days of vacation a year. Oh and, right. And you know me. So 12 days of vacation <laughs> is just like, I don't know what to do with myself. And so I ended up, I was looking for something, right? I'm like, there has to be more to life than this. And I was introduced to a company, um, a network marketing company, and I never really understood network marketing before that company. And I ended up jumping in um, part-time alongside my full-time job as a way to build it up and then be able to leave my job. Well, while I was building that business, I found send out cards as a way to stay in touch with my clients. Simply wanted to do birthday thank you and holiday cards. Had no idea what that journey was going to introduce me to. And uh, so fast forward 12 years, um, now my own business, I, I'm doing stuff, you know, we were talking about this earlier, both on the affiliate side and some corporate side now, but with a lot better boundaries, with a lot better flexibility. Um, but really, you know, listening to my voice and that voice of there's got to be a better way and corporate's not bad. It just wasn't for me. So how do, you know, listening to that and figuring out how can I create a lifestyle and a business that works with how I want to live my life versus how a boss or a company wanted to live my life. Well, um, I know that whatever you do, you jump in like full force. So I can, <laughs> right. So I can see that, um, you would build it so that you can then make the right choices for yourself. And I know one of the things that that I admire and a little bit of envy in there for me is that you and you you call it finding joy in the journey. And and I know you travel a lot now, but you travel now on your terms and your business grows as well at the same time. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, I think what I love is how much time and how much energy I see in your journey that you're you've been a lot a lot of places before COVID I'm going to say that you were a lot of places that um, 
were pretty enviable for people. Yeah, it, it was, you know, we took my husband because he's British, right? And we went through the whole immigration process of getting him to the US. Yeah. That first year we were married, we did a ton of traveling because we wanted to spend together and it was 2019. So timing couldn't have been better. Yeah. But it was funny, Janice, I was looking back and I was compiling all my joy of journeys with the photos in one place the other day. And I like, 2019 exhausts me just thinking about it. I didn't realize, I mean, I knew I was traveling a lot, but I didn't realize it was that much until you look back and then going through 2020 where we hardly traveled at all. It was a really, a huge dichotomy. Yeah, totally. Um, for me, I don't know, I haven't left my house, I don't think for, for months at a time. Now, um, one of the things that we have in common because we um, are affiliates with the same company is the spreading the word about relationships and the importance of relationships and how to nurture those relationships in business as well as in our personal life. So um, tell me your secret. What, uh, in the sense that how do you, um, how do you teach others to do that? How do you get them hooked into that same, you know, feeling that we have? Because I know you and I do it naturally, right? I, I saw a picture last night of a friend's um, little kitten or cat actually that had just died. And um, there was a story that she wrote about it on Facebook. And I took the picture, put it on a card, sent her a message with it and it was gone. And I've done my bit to, um, you know, show her that I cared and right. we do that naturally. But how do you teach people? Do you teach people or do you find people that feel the same? Um, I think it's a combination of both, right? I think, you know, my background has always been sales. So I tend to talk to any type of person that sales, you know, most of us, um, even small business owners were selling. And I, do look for people that understand already that, you know, your network is about connecting with them. It's not about selling. When you connect and do it really good, doors will open. You have to listen for those doors, right? But someone will open a door for you and you can walk right in and the sales conversation starts. Um, though you also have people that may be newer to sales that don't really understand that. I mean, I made a, it was a big transition when I went from corporate America sales because I was cold calling, knocking on doors. You were going in there, right? With solutions for the companies versus when I became an entrepreneur and I started attending networking groups, like I was like, you know, great, a hundred people who can buy from me. I'm here to sell, but right. no one was there to buy. Right. And so, I don't know if it always came easy. I don't think it did because there was this transition that I had to learn to network, right? I had to learn to show up and provide value first to others, right? If someone, when you sit down with a one-on-one -on -one meeting, it wasn't about um, me selling them my product. It was how can I help them, right? right? And I had to make that shift. And so now I do, I think, attract and look for people that are kind of in that process of okay, it's, you've got to learn that it's not all about marketing and it's not all about your selling yourself. When you show up in, um, in a place of giving, of kindness, of helping others, it comes back to you, right? And that's one of the premises of our company. When you give to give, the universe, God, right, gives back. 
And so I think it's a combination of both. And so what I really try to teach people, and I know you heard me um, do a training called, you know, your next 100, is when I sit down with people, what can I give them, right? And so one of the things that really helped me as I was building my business and networking with, with people is when we would sit down to a one-on-one -on -one meeting, my goal was really, I would always start with them and have them tell me about them, right? And if we didn't get to me and we didn't get to what I did, I wasn't worried about that because I knew if I could help enough other people, people would then start introducing me to their connections and it would just take care of itself. And so I would learn about them. And I always wanted to leave them with three things when I ended that meeting. Usually it came in follow-up emails, but one was, could I direct refer someone to them that needed their service, right? If they're a mortgage, you know, they're a loan officer, do I know someone that's thinking about buying a house? right, that I could refer to them. That was always the hardest for me because that was all about timing. The second is, do I know someone that could be a referral partner for them? So if you think about loan uh, mortgage person, a lot of times they want to meet real estate agents, they make good referral partners. I knew lots of real estate agents, so I could do that. Um, could I invite them to another networking event where they could meet more people, right? And I could introduce them to some of my network. Could I suggest a book or even send them a book that maybe would help them in their business or was there anything else? Could I give them a personal tip? Like once a lady was going to Greece and I had been to Greece like two months before and I sent her my whole itinerary. So I'd always want to leave them with three different things. And so it might be two referral partners and a book recommendation or two networking events and this. And so what would happen, especially as I was making the connections. So if I connected a real estate agent and a mortgage person, I'm now reaching back to someone else in my network that I'd already met and making a new intro. And so it just really worked. And so people would say, oh, you want to meet people? Talk to Callie. She knows everyone. I didn't know everyone. I was just good at connecting my network. And that, I believe, was the best thing I did in my business to really grow it and grow the connections. That is such great advice. I mean, people say that They've been saying it actually since I was in high school because I have three girlfriends who I'm still, after many, many, many years, are good friends with. And they still say to me, Janice, what was the name of that person? Or um, just ask Janice, she'll know because I'm the connector in the group. And, and that's the fun piece is connecting people. But I do, and I'm sure you agree, I do value my, um, my connections, my, my, um, my people so yeah. that I don't just connect anybody. I have to make sure that it works on both sides first. Agreed, 100%. Like when I would meet, let's say that mortgage officer, I would go through, okay, what real estate agents do I know that I think would be a really good fit for this connection? I didn't wanna just, I wanted to make sure because I was taking two people in my network and making connection and if they clashed, it wasn't gonna help you know, 
then if I made another referral, that person's like, she doesn't, you know, connect me to good people. So it was really important, right? Okay, who makes sense? And there were some people, I have to admit, I struggled. And with them, it usually was a book recommendation or something else, or maybe a networking event, right? Because they were very salesy and I knew they were going to throw up all over my people. And I'm like, okay, I got to protect my relationship. So it was, it was kind of like a puzzle. Who do you connect? Yeah, that's, that's so true. So you mentioned that you went from corporate into the network marketing um, industry. And we know that the, the pyramid is the upside down pyramid. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely different. It's a different um, uh, model, a different marketing model. And do you know, or do you find, did you find that at first you didn't understand the model of network marketing and that that may have, because I'm speaking from my experience, went before my, I call it as our fearless leader calls it, our MLM blueprint. Uh, my blueprint wasn't that strong. And so it it hindered me when I talked to people because I could feel it in my chest. Once I got it, it, it went away and I was, you know, I believed it. So did you have a period of that transition or? It wasn't that, mine was more that a lot of times in this profession, we talk about the rags to riches story. Right. Mm -hmm. And like this person was living in their car and now they're making all this money. And what I never saw when I started this career was someone that was like me yeah. doing the business. So I graduated from the University of Notre Dame. Right. And so I struggled with Notre Dame and network marketer in the same <laughs> sentence. Right? Oh, yeah. My family even said that to me. Yeah. Well, Kelly, you have a Notre Dame education. Why are you doing network marketing? Like they didn't get it. So I did have a negative blueprint. I remember when um, in like junior high, my, uh, my good friend's parents joined Amway, right? This is back in the 80s, yeah. late 80s. And I thought it was the coolest idea. And I went home and talked to my mom about it. And she would like have nothing, no conversation. So she had a very negative blueprint. So when I decided, hey, I'm going to build this and go quit my job. They're like, uh-huh, have fun, right? And even... Um, Somehow my first boss, when I, my boss at the time when I started my network marketing, um, one of the, one of the other salespeople told him, and he literally sat me down and said, these things don't work. Like, don't ruin your career. Oh, interesting. <laughs> right? And so there was this big negative. So I was really scared to talk to people. I was, I knew what the model could do because I've seen it. I just didn't, I just was stuck. Right. Until a mentor said to me, um, you know, he said he had asked me my story and he asked me where I went to college. And I told him and he said and he had just heard me um, tell my story at an event. And he's like, so why don't you just say I went to Notre Dame and I choose network marketing enough said and sit down. And in that moment, I didn't realize I was hiding the fact that I went to Notre Dame and was a network marketer, right? It just, it was so far in my subconscious and it was like a light bulb. And so then I started working on that piece of my blueprint mm -hmm. where I could proudly say, yes, I went to Notre Dame and I choose network marketing and here's why. So it was a really interesting like, And that's, that is if I could go back, which we can't, that would be what I would work on like early on in my network marketing career is that belief and getting myself around other people that were similar to me. 
Yes, that's that's a great that's a great piece. And because uh, I remember distinctly being at an event in Cancun and um, uh, we were in the middle of a you were probably there. I don't know. Um, we were uh, learning this MLM blueprint mm -hmm. um, and it was for the first time that Cody was teaching this and I and a light went on for me there too and um, and how after that my posture changed and I realized that I did believe the model and yeah it's just it, it, it's very uh, and now there it's you know it's really um refreshing is that you can talk to people who don't have that same negative blueprint that we had because of the the time of life right the 80s right. that I think was when that all um was happening with bad experiences people were having anyway it's just really interesting i thought now i read something on um i think it was on a blog or maybe your story um yeah part of your story on your blog and it was about how when you were um in corporate and you you were so busy that you couldn't um send cards to your clients and you were trained you knew from childhood that it you had to send thank you notes and so on and that's great so you said you hired a neighbor's mom to send out all your birthday cards and thank you cards and uh a couple of months in into that great idea will you tell the story yeah so i was so this is when i started the other uh, the skincare company right the other network marketing company yeah. and i was working full-time corporate america i was a sales manager at the time and building the business on the side and so i did know the power of thank you notes my mom raised us if you got a gift you have to write a thank you note right i re even remember my she sent my cousin a gift and she didn't get a thank you note she's like i'm never giving her a gift <laughs> i mean that was like how much it was ingrained yes and so I knew the importance, I was working my business about 10 hours a week, right, alongside, and I knew the importance of sending the thank you notes, doing all that, though I also needed to be in money-making activity, and it just wasn't working, so I did. I hired my neighbor's mom to write out all my birthday and thank you cards to my clients in the health and wellness company, and uh, one of the cards went out to one of my really good friends, one of my best friends uh, here in the Houston area, and when she got that birthday card, she called me up and said, hey, I got your card. And I'm like, great. And she's like, uh, that's not your handwriting. In a really snotty voice, like that one that only a best friend can do. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew in a moment a good gesture had gone wrong. And so I was looking for a simple way to stay in touch to send out cards because I knew the power of cards. I knew the power of making it about everyone else, but it wasn't something that you can easily outsource. Yes. And so when I found send out cards, it really was the answer to my prayers. Like I needed something simple that I could do quickly, but still make that person feel really important that I was sending it to. Yeah, so I, I wanted you to tell that story because often we hear people say to us well i'm sorry this isn't for me i prefer a handwritten note and that same person is has i know one for example who does that she's hired someone to actually handwrite the cards and that can backfire too right yeah and and so i always tell people um it's not that it's not in your handwriting that's important. It's the message that's important. It's the fact that you actually did it that's important because most people don't. What is it, 3% of our mail that we get is personal? 
Right. right. Exactly. And in those cards, like looking back when I was doing those cards, they were birthday cards, but they were also sales cards, right? It was like, okay, yeah. it's your birthday. If you buy this much a product, I'll give you a $15 coupon. So it really wasn't in the, like I was sending a birthday card to get business, okay, not I love sending this. a birthday card to really celebrate someone. And that's a big change. And we talked earlier about like what's changed. And so yeah. now I look for ways to celebrate people. So I do birthdays. I do half birthdays yeah, right yeah I, it's something so what's a half birthday my mom used to celebrate it with my niece and nephew but i was looking at how do i stay better in touch with my connections if you think about it linkedin facebook we have all these connections but how do we build better connection throughout and if we just send a message at their birthday if they've got lots of connections they get overwhelmed. And so I use the half birthdays as a way to one send cards or and or messages so I could touch base with them every six months, right? And it'd be perfectly six months apart. And it's unique, it's different, and people remember it. So it's like, how can you, so one of my tips is how can you make yourself unique in the marketplace different from others that then makes it about them and not all about you but by doing it they remember you i know i love that because i'm i receive your half birthday and birthday cards and it and i always smile when i get that half birthday card and you can automate those things and it can still be personal because it's yep. different it's unique and and you personalize it you do put my name on it and you um and you write a really nice message and you, again the other piece that you just mentioned which is so important and so hard for some people to get over it's not to be branded with you know your um ps you know i love referrals and you know whatever it's about them and that's what you want to celebrate and um okay in that vein uh Often I'll hear people say, well, I do, you know, I was thinking about sending holiday cards this year, so maybe I'll take a look at it. Um, what do you say to that? Because again, they sometimes get lost in the shuffle if that's all we do. So how do we differentiate? How do we step out from the crowd and be different? Well, so one of the things is Thanksgiving card, which in Canada, you guys are a lot earlier than us, though. I like Thanksgiving cards because it's a gratitude card. It's about being grateful, especially like if you have clients and you have clients over lots of religions, you don't have to worry about offending someone. Um, so I like doing something like that. I also like teaching, you know, a New Year's card. Yes which really you have until about mid-January to get out and celebrating the new year with your connections, right? So looking at different fun, wacky type holidays as well as different ways to reach out when everyone else isn't. And it's all about, right? It's all about what makes you unique to them. And when they get that card, when they get that message, when they get that LinkedIn message, that Facebook message, that email, do you make them feel special or do they just feel like you're reaching out to sell them and that's what is really important right and we do business with people we know like trust and remember we like people who make us feel good about ourselves who make us feel important we don't like people who we feel like every time we talk to them they just want something from us right that's so huge totally so would you say today, I'm just going to shift gears a little bit, would you say today that you are a reader, a podcast listener, an audible reader, or um, 
um, a video watcher? What's your main thing for learning for entertainment? A reader. Okay, you're still a reader, like a real book. Or a real book or on my Kindle. If I'm traveling on my iPad. But yeah, a re my preference is real book. My least favorite is watching a video. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. um, so what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Um, let's see. I've got, I have usually like seven books going at a time. So um, this one I didn't read. I listened to Audible, but I just listened, uh, finished Fountainhead by I'm oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that one took me forever to get Wait, through. Does it still apply today? Yeah, I think so. I love the story. I love fiction, but I also read a lot of personal development. I've got letters to a fiction writer because I'm writing a book. And even though mine's nonfiction, it's a really interesting like writers to writers and their tips on my iPad right now. I've got um, oh, what is hold on. I got to look it up. Um, I've got later. It's making me put things in. There's two that I've got going on right here right now. Um, one is called A Radical Awakening by Dr. Shafali. It's about um, primarily women, but going through this whole concept of moving from a good girl or expectations of others um, into embracing yourself. And it's interesting. A lot of what she talks about is what I'm writing about in my book. Um, so it was really interesting. And then also Limitless by Jim Quick. Oh, that is he the guy that wrote? Um, he's the guy who has like, no. he had like a damaged brain. He was told he had a damaged brain when he was. Oh, Jim Quick. He's, he's, yeah. um, he's Asian. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen him do a really interesting um, talk with um, Simon Sinek. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, they were talking about children and cell phones. It was really interesting. Interesting. Yeah, if I find it, I'll, I can. I'll send it to you. Um, okay. So my my last question that I love to ask people uh, is about. Well, it's not my last question. Is it's two questions. Um, but this one is um, my favorite word is curiosity, and I believe that. Well, I'll, I'm not going to tell you that yet. Um, so curiosity. Um, Number one, do you believe that curiosity is innate or learned? And secondly, what are you most curious about? Do I think it's, so I think it's learned or it can be learned. Um, I think by nature, some people are more curious just because of their childhood, how they grew up, how they were raised. But I think curiosity can be learned. Right. If you think about Carol Dweck and the growth mindset versus the limited mindset, I forget what her book's called, but um, I think it's called Growth Mindset. One of the best books I've read. It yeah. talks about, um, you know, you either grow up with a growth mindset that says, OK, if I fail, it's not a big deal because that's how I learn and how I get better. Or like a limited mindset that says I'm smart and like it's just innate. Right. It's just you're smart or you're not. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe curiosity, you can learn and grow. Um, I think once you start becoming curious, you become even more curious about other things. OK. And what are you most curious about? What am I most curious about? 
Uh, lots of things. But I think what I'm curious about and what I'm really writing, because I'm working on a book. Yes, I know. I want yeah, to is this concept that um, at some point in our lives, we stop believing in ourselves. We start believing in um, others' beliefs, others. We, we try to please, right? So I think it all goes around this whole being a good girl. I, I write from a woman's perspective, being good enough, being a good girl. And we spend our life trying to please a parent, a spouse, someone else, until one day we wake up miserable and realize that that's not the goal of life. Mm -hmm. It's to be, is to meet everyone else's expectations, but instead to take care of ourselves and find our own voice. And so I'm really curious, and that's one of the reasons I'm reading Dr. Shafali's A Radical Waking book, like that process and how it happens and how do we lose ourselves? And that, you know, as I was going through my journey, I thought it was just me that lost myself and realizing this is a phenomenon that like really, a lot of people in the process of growing up, you know, um, through, you know, having parents through a spouse, we lose ourselves. And what I find really curious is how do people shift and have that awakening or have that aha moment that says, okay, now I can live for myself and this is what it looks like. Wow, I think that's a whole conversation for another <laughs> Right? Yeah, totally. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, um, the, I had a question and then it went from my head. Um, so I'm going to ask you, um, what is your last piece? What, what it, no, it was about your book. It's about yeah. your book. Tell me, what are you, what are you writing? Are you writing a nonfiction book or are you writing? Um, so it is nonfiction. Um, so it's all about, um, I don't have a title yet, but the first part is about, so it starts out about, I saw this little girl on the beach. She was two to three years old and she was absolutely free, uninhibited, was running up and down, like laughing. Her um, bathing suit was like pulled up her bum. She didn't care. She didn't care what she was just full of joy, full of laughter. And then I looked at every other woman on that beach, right? Myself included, the women I was with, their um, daughters, and the girls walking with the cute boy down the beach, and everyone else was not free like that little girl. Mm -hmm. And so how, and so I go in on explore, like in my story, where did I lose that freedom? right? Where did I start having this notion that I needed to be this good girl and I needed to do everything? And then what happens when that good girl grows up and where it stops us? And then really with finding the joy of journey and, you know, going through a divorce and both of my parents dying from the time I'm 40 to 43. And with my mom's death, this release of, I don't have to like please anyone anymore right? And finding the joy in the journey and the lessons I've learned. It's like, you know, that's, that's the premise and where the book goes. So it's really letting go of all the expectations and living life on your terms. One, how you got there, but then two, you know, what it looks like when you let go through my story. Love it. I love it. And, and, and the title is somewhere in that. You it know, is. Yeah, finding the joy in the, or the joy in the journey, letting go of or the finding journey. freedom. That's one yeah. I play with. Yeah, yeah, I love freedom it. is my word. <laughs> you know, 
um, it, that really is another conversation because there's so much there and so much in terms of, I'm, you know, I've lost both my parents too, but I wasn't 40, between 40 and 43 when I lost my mom. Um, and she was like, my father died first, but um, many years too young. He was only 65 when he died, 65 wow. when he died. But it was when my mom died that, that you, I felt like, you know, there's just me and my sister now. So it, it's different for sure. But doing, having that experience um, in your forties, I think is, is, can really, can really make a difference to um, your, your journey after that for yeah. sure. So I'm, I'm, I, for one, will be interested in reading your books. So thank you. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm taking that. Callie, this has been delightful. We've covered a lot of topics and, and yet it all comes back down and around to relationships, relationship with self, relationship with others, relationship in business. So um, all to me, really interesting and curious. So I thank you so much for your time and for being here with me. How can my audience find you if they want to check you out further? What? Further. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Facebook, um, Callie Teagarden search there um, or CallieTeagarden at gmail.com. I do have a link tree, but you'll see that when you go to my LinkedIn or my Facebook that has okay. all my contact info. And I will put the, those things in the show notes. So thank you so much again for being here. And to my audience, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. That's what we love. And to, to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.